Buying a home is a major life decision. It can be very exciting, but there's also so many things that must be considered. It can be very daunting for a first home buyer. After all, there's so many processes, tasks, requirements, and so on that you may be anxious about making an expensive mistake. So if you're a first home buyer wondering about these processes and details involved in buying a home, I seek to answer some of the commonly asked questions or frequently asked questions in home buying that can help you understand how this all works. Hello and welcome to the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where our sole target is to get you into your first home. Now on to today's topic. Question number one, what is a pre-approval? Simply put, it's the lender saying that they're happy to approve the loan, giving you satisfy all of the conditions that the bank have with the loan application. Basically, the lender is going to assess you through looking at your credit file, your payslips, income, expenses, liabilities, basically your whole financial position to see whether they can lend you the money. Generally, what a pre-approval does is say, yep, we're happy to pre-approve you for the loan, pending that the property that you buy is worth what you bought it for. It's also beneficial getting pre-approved before looking for a property for the reason that it can save you valuable time by determining how much you can afford based on the lender's assessment, allowing you to focus on the house search that's based on your budget. Another common thing that comes into the whole situation is the schemes that you can access and the particular lenders that can access those schemes as well. Bottom line is pre-approvals are extremely important and it's one thing I recommend pretty much to all first home buyers to get unless they've got a massive deposit and rock solid finances. Question number two, how much deposit do I need? Apart from the pre-approval question, this is the most commonly asked question and it's really important because you've either got enough deposit or you don't and it's just an easy way for borrowers to figure out am I in the ballpark to buy a house or not? So once you've found a house that meets your price range, it's time to figure out how much of a deposit you can afford. A larger deposit means you'll have to borrow less, which will result in lower interest payments and possibly smaller monthly payments. So how much deposit do you need? The answer to this question actually depends on various factors and they can be constantly changing as every lender has different requirements. But as a general rule, 5-10% to of the purchase price of a property should be saved as a deposit. Here in Victoria, a 5% deposit is actually the minimum, but it really depends on the value of the property. If the property price is under 600 grand, generally you'll need to save 5%, plus maybe a few thousand dollars for settlement costs. But if you want to pay a million dollars for a property, you're going to have to bring a bit more than 5% because the fees are going to be quite high. Question number three, do I need a building and pest inspection? So aside from carefully taking into account how much of a deposit you'll need to cover, you also need to carefully consider other expenses you'll have to make when purchasing a home like the building and pest inspection to make sure the property is structurally sound and not infested by termites because your insurance policy probably isn't going to cover that. I believe it's worth the money to hire an independent building and pest inspector so you can have peace of mind, knowing that everything has been properly disclosed to you and it probably will influence your decision in purchasing that property. You should probably examine specific issues such as whether there's a crack in the bathroom tile or if there's a tap leaking and ask yourself, how can I use this to get better terms or a lower price? Because let's face it, you're going to have to 
pay a cost to fix this property and you may not have seen that fault prior to the building and pest inspection. So a building and pest inspection is extremely important. Next question, what is the first homeowner grant? The first homeowner grant is basically a one-off grant payable to first homeowners who are building that satisfy the eligibility conditions. Here in Victoria, the state government will give you 10 grand as the grant if you're building in a metro area. If you're building in what's considered a regional area, you'll actually get $20,000 as the grant. I've actually talked extensively on grants and schemes in my previous episodes, so feel free to go back and look at them for, for better understanding. Do I qualify for the first homeowner grant? Before I get into that, I'd like to ask you if you could jump on our Facebook or Instagram page and just follow us as we've been constantly posting tips for first home buyers, which can help you a lot in your decision-making process. Cheers. So let's get back into the first homeowner's grant and how you qualify. This is actually the time that you need to sit down with your mortgage broker and figure out a couple of things. To begin with, obviously you've got to be a first home buyer. You need to be at least 18 years old, an Australian citizen or a permanent resident. However, if you've already acquired an investment property and never actually lived in it before, you could still get access to the first homeowner grant. You also need to know your income bracket because there is an income cap. If you're in Victoria, you can try and check the first homeowner grant eligibility and I'll add those links into the show notes. The next question is what is lender's mortgage insurance? Um, Also known as mortgage insurance or LMI for short, it's an insurance policy that serves to protect the lender and not the borrower. It's often a one-time payment made by the borrower at the loan settlement. LMI is a kind of insurance that you may expect to pay if you borrow more than 80% of the value of the property. That means if you have got a deposit of 20% or under, you're probably going to pay mortgage insurance. You don't need to figure this out yourself because your lender or your mortgage broker will help you sort it out. So just to sum it up, if your deposit is smaller than 20%, it's deemed as a little bit more riskier to the lender because they're borrowing more of the proportion of the value of that property and then you're going to have to pay mortgage insurance. The mortgage insurance basically protects the bank. If you cannot pay for the property, make the loan repayments and if you don't make the loan repayments for long enough, the bank will actually sell the property and try and recoup to repay the loan. But one thing you should really know there is that if you're a first home buyer eligible for the first home loan deposit scheme or the first home guarantee as they've just changed the name to, you actually don't have to pay for lenders mortgage insurance as the federal government guarantors that loan. Question number seven, what is stamp duty? Stamp duty, also known as transfer duty, is a term that you've undoubtedly heard of and it isn't just applied to property but it's most well known for having to be paid for a property purchase. Stamp duty is basically the tax we pay when purchasing a house. It's calculated according to the state or territory you live in and the cost of the property you're buying, with certain allowances possible. Stamp duty fees in Australia are usually thousands of dollars and it comes on top of the mortgage deposit and other expenses involved. But as a general rule of thumb, I would say it's a good idea to budget at least 5% of the purchase price of your property. It's generally quite a lot of cost here in Victoria, but if you're a first home buyer, you won't be charged stamp duty on properties worth up to 600 grand. Alternatively, you'll receive a discount for homes value between 600 grand and 750 grand, but beyond that, you'll have to pay the full stamp duty. The eighth and final question is, what are the extra costs involved in buying a home? I've gone through this specifically in another episode, but I'll talk about this here for a couple of minutes. One of the main upfront extra costs you're going to have is conveyancing fees. 
Conveyancing costs cover the amount you'll pay to have the legal side of the property sale or purchase handled appropriately. Generally, you're looking at paying the conveyancer around 1500 bucks. The next one is the water and cancel rates. I generally allow $1,500 for that. So they're basically the two upfront costs that you're going to have to pay um, and you're going to need, need to be prepared. So that's the few thousand dollars of settlement costs that I um, touched on at the start of the show. So they're the main costs when you're wanting to buy a house and those upfront costs are very important because obviously if you get a phone call a day or two before settlement saying you need to find three grand and you don't have it, that's going to be a very stressful time. There you go. I hope that helped out. It was just a few quick fired answers to frequently asked questions for first home buyers. If you're looking to get into the property market and to buy your first home, then you need a good mortgage broker on your side, especially through these uncertain times that we're going through. So get some of that experience and have a chat with the team here at Wilbell Mortgage Broker. Our contact details and social media links are available in the show notes. You can find us on Google, Facebook, Instagram, all those sorts of places. We'd be excited to have a chat with you and get you into your first home. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. If you've got any questions or you would like to get into your own home or you just want to stalk me online, you can search Will Bell Mortgage Broker on either Google or Facebook. 